0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Showing Up to Your Life podcast and YouTube channel. Art Burns here and I want to say that I hope you're having a good day but actually I don't hope you're having a good day. <laughs> as horrible as that might sound to you let me explain because I don't want the day, I don't want it to be up to luck and, and, and you know maybe it's a good day, maybe it's a bad day. Instead what I hope is I hope that you are meeting each moment, each experience in this day, right? No matter what happens, this is a long day, right? Some good stuff might happen and some bad stuff might happen, right? And in all of it, I hope that you maintain equanimity and balance and equilibrium through all of it. Maintain your homeostasis, prevent yourself from getting, you know, stressed, through it. And, and how do we do that, right? This is an intentional thing that we can do. The first step is being present, right? Not, not ruminating over what happened yesterday or this morning or last week and not, not, for, you know, not forecasting and, and worrying about what's going to happen later or tomorrow or next week, but, but really grounding yourself in the present moment. That's the first step. Second step is to be accepting of what you find there, okay? You know, no matter how you want things to be, right, accepting that this is the way things are, right? Now, the third step is to meet each experience and and to to see each experience, to lead yourself through each experience with the eyes of compassion. So much of the difficulty that we experience as, as human beings comes from interpersonal interactions, right? And so when you can see every person, every interaction through the eyes of compassion, now these things take time, they take practice. It's not that easy. Neither is presence and acceptance. That's why we practice, right? But when you can get to the point where you're, you're meeting each experience, each person with a measure of compassion, well then your your stress and your difficulty is going to drop like a stone. It really is like a stone thrown in the river all right? And then the fourth and final aspect to this is just to be curious, right? Curiosity, as I've said here before, is the opposite of judgment. And curiosity allows us to be open, allows us to see the potential in whatever circumstances we find, right? You know, it doesn't have to be exactly what we want it to be, and it also doesn't have to be the exact opposite of what we want it to be. It can just be and we can learn from what is, and we can discover things about ourselves through that learning. So presence, acceptance, compassion, curiosity. That's what I hope for you today. And so last week, um, pardon me I always brush my teeth before I do my my recordings I got a little bit of a toothpaste thing going on it just gives me a fresh feeling to, to have a fresh you know <laughs> anyway I don't know why I'm sharing that with you but anyway um, last week I describe I, I shared with you um, uh, the name of a person who I found on this you know, on Facebook there's this Facebook group called socially distant fast and you can check it out it, it's a great group it's gotten a little bit more like it's gotten like karaoke kind of thing and I don't know if that's because because some of the, the real musicians now are out playing gigs, and so they're no longer on the socially distant fest. But for, for the year and, and change of the, of the true lockdown and the true pandemic, which is a little different from what we're experiencing now, you know, it was all these really good musicians who would normally be playing on stages, right? They didn't have any of those gigs, right? And so this this was a way for them not only to play their music for live people, even though they're over the internet, but also a way for them to, you know, maybe get some donations and, and get a little, uh, get a little bread to make it through the um, the pandemic, right? And so it was a wonderful thing. I, I discovered it early on in the pandemic, and I really loved it. And one of the many amazing musicians that I found on here is this guy named Ben Chapman. Now he has this other thing on a on Bandcamp. If you go Bandcamp um, Ben Chapman or search that, you should find him, uh, or go on Socially Distant Fest and find him there there great beautiful songs this man writes and sings really really beautiful stuff um, and so I mean it's my style too so I don't know you know check it out you might love it you might not who knows um, but anyway one of the things that you know um, so, so one of the parts of this socially disinfest is that the the people watching you know can comment in on the live broadcast on Facebook right and so so a lot of times the musicians will read these comments and say, oh thank you that was so kind of you thank you that kind of stuff right and so I I happen to be, I, and I usually don't watch these things live because I've got so much going on. You know, I'll see it at like midnight when I'm going to bed. i will like, oh, listen, listen to this song for before I go to bed, that kind of thing, right? And so the other day, um, he he was reading something that a, um, a a person wrote, and and it really struck me because the person had written something about like your songs always make me cry or something like that, right? And and, and then this beautiful man who writes these beautiful songs says says, oh, wow. He says, but you know, I don't make you cry. He says, that's just you getting in touch with your own feelings. Now, I mean, not only do I love this guy's music, but I love his mindfulness too, right? Because that's the truth, right? Like like anything that I say, Anything that I do, I mean, of course, now I could damage you, right? I could use my fists or a, or a weapon of some sort and, and inflict a physical damage on you. Yes, we always have that potential impact on others, right? And, and something I might say could still trigger something in you, right? But that is different from saying that I made you feel any kind of emotion, right? I don't. The emotions that you feel, the emotions that I feel, the emotions that Ben Chapman in the UK feels are inside of you, inside of me, inside of Ben Chapman, right? And and to a very enormous degree, and something that, that is very seldomly talked about, but very, very important, is that each of us, you know, besides, you know, only being in control and only really being impacted by our own feelings, right? But there's also the 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 nature of our experience, right, which is a very subjective nature, right? I I am taking a course with Dr. Dan Siegel right now on interpersonal neurobiology, <laughs> awesome stuff. And um and and one of the things that that he talks about is that, you know, um you know this this concept of of you know the, the fact that that you know that, that my trigger right is not something that you are doing right i'm sorry i just kind of lost my my train of thought it's, it's going to come back but, <laughs> but but the idea of this interpersonal neurobiology right is the fact that you know um, that that i have an experience You have an experience, right? And this is, I'm back now, sorry. (laughs) One of the things that Dr. Siegel talks about is the subjective personal experience, right? Which is the mind, right? That is, it's very subjective, but he also talks about the felt sense, of our moment-to-moment experience. And that is really that that just like what Mr. Chapman said, what Dr. Siegel said really hit me very, very strongly, right? Because, you know, just consider that for a moment, right? The felt sense of my life, which is to say what it feels to be me, right? So when I get angry, or or when I experience anger, which is a more appropriate and accurate way to describe it right when my body experiences anger that is a certain and very specific feeling that i get from that when your body experiences anger that is a very specific and 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 personal feeling that you get from that anger now not only <laughs> can we never say that your feeling is the same as my feeling, we can also never really truly communicate what my feeling and your feelings really are, right? It's this very mysterious thing, right? Because, because the aspect of it is that, you know, y- you know, even to describe it, right, is something that is kind of impossible, in a certain way, right now, I mean, sure, there's, there's, you know, great writers out there and poets, and you know, they can kind of touch upon this, right? Like I might describe something about the feeling that resonates with you, right? But in the end, we have no idea what each other is really feeling, right? Which, and this is a very important point, right? This is vital to understanding, you know, what goes on in life, right? And so, so there might be, and, and so we can take this on a very broad, you know, broad spectrum kind of thing and say that, okay, so if this person, you know, w- you know, this person is going to react to uh, a financial issue in a certain way, whereas this person is going to react to a financial in a com- a issue in a completely different way, right? Like that we can, we can kind of determine and some of that we can determine by, you know, what's going on in these people's lives, right? Like, like if you had a life of scarcity, then money is always gonna be a big deal for you. If you had a life of abundance, well, maybe it's not, or maybe vice versa, maybe because you had a life of abundance, but you don't now, now it's a very high priority. That, and that's all stuff we can figure out. But, but what the feeling is inside, not so much, right? Like I can't, you can't come into this body and feel what it feels like to be me. And I can't do that for you, right? And so in a very, very important way, right, this brings us to the, the ultimate dilemma of humanity, really, which is to say that there is only one person in the entire world, in the entire universe, there is only one person who you have any kind of control over, right? And that person, if it's not obvious to you, that person is you, You know, you can't control someone else. You don't cause their emotions and you can't control their actions. You know, I mean, even if you talk about somebody in prison or something, you're not controlling their actions. You're limiting their actions, but you can't make someone do something. You can't do it. You can threaten somebody right? You can say, if you don't do this, this is going to happen to you. And okay, I don't want that thing to happen to me. So I'm just going to make the choice to do it. But that is the person's choice to do it, right? So this is a very, very important understanding here, right? Because a lot of the times we walk around thinking like, well, if I could just get that person to do this differently, then we get along better, Right? Well, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. Now, you can make the decision that, okay, I don't enjoy being around this person, and I'm going to make the personal choice to not be around this person because of these things they do right, like, and because they don't seem willing to change, right, and, and this can also be a, a discussion that can that can happen, right, among a, a, a partnership of any kind, a, a marriage, which is a partnership of, you know, any circumstance like that, we can discuss, right, I can say, hey, you know what, when you do that thing, it really hurts me, and, I, and I, I feel very uncomfortable, and I'm worried that it's this discomfort is going to get to the point where I can't be in this partnership anymore. Are you willing to try to change that thing for the sake of this partnership? Again, you have asked somebody to change, but you have not made them do anything. The choice is still theirs, right? And so, so I feel like this ties into this whole concept about, you know, I don't make you cry. I don't make you smile. I don't make you do anything, right? I am putting something out there that you are responding to. And if your felt experience, you know, in relationship to this thing, if your felt experience is such that you're gonna cry at this moment because, you know, in response to this thing that happened, right? well, then I still didn't make you cry, right? Like that's not how it works, right? Even if I insult you, the insult is up to you whether you allow that to become, you know, something that, that elicits an emotional response. That's your choice, so this this brings me up to a, a really interesting thing i was I was on a hike the other day in this uh, beautiful place out here we have called the garden of the gods it's these um like hundreds of millions of years old uh, rock formations and these you know just miles and miles of trails and this just red you know clay dirt trails and amazing right and so i was i was just out there it just so happened that i had an afternoon all by myself you know so i went to you now garden of the gods was very crowded you know it's a very popular place where people to go but everybody stays around the big rock formations nobody takes the miles and miles of trails so once I got out of like the felt like Disney World and Jurassic Park mashed up together somehow you know with all these rocks once I got out of there I was really alone right and that's what I was looking for um I just wanted to have some time to just you know connect to nature connect to myself you know this is very very uh, a very very beneficial thing to do by the way And so as I was walking, one of the things that, you know, kind of occurred to me, you know, and it ties along with what I'm ties into what I'm saying here is that, you know, the the personal, you know, the, the, the deeply personal individual experience that we're having. Right. So, so there was one of the trails (laughs) was called the hemp trail, not hemp, hemp, H-A-M-P. Right. And and I just I don't know for some reason that word like I was like oh that's a funny name I didn't take the trail I went on a, later on I did I did, went on a different trail the buckskin Charlie Trail instead right but I saw a hemp trail and I was like hemp what a what a strange word right it's not hamper. It's not hemp, it's hamp, and you know maybe it's somebody's name or something like that. So I didn't dwell too much on that, but the the concept of the hamper came up to my mind, and you know maybe because I'm the guy who always does laundry in, in the house, maybe the word hamper really stands out to me. But 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 th- there was an interesting thing that came up as I was considering this word, right? That. So if I, if I was talking to my 10-year-old son, my son turned 10 years old the other day, by the way, he's really excited to be in double digits, uh, calls himself a tween. I don't know if technically it's true or not, but we're going with it. <laughs> anyway, if I was talking to my 10-year-old son and I said, put your clothes in the hamper, right? He would know exactly what I mean, right? There's no question, you know? I could also say to him that, you know what, dude, Uh, the fact that you're not, you know, getting dressed and, and ready to leave is hampering our ability to get to the driving range and have a good time today. And he would understand what that means too, right? Now, same word, right? Hamper, same word, two completely different meanings. Based on what? Based on the context, Right. And so, so this now brings up another sort of interesting dilemma, right? Which, and this is what the parts are going to bring it back to what I'm talking about here, right? It's not a lesson in linguistics here. But, but the interesting dilemma is what happens when we just see the word hamper on its own, right? Now it is up to you and entirely up to you to decide whether that means hamper, as in this thing that I put my dirty clothes in, or it means hamper as in something that's going to cause a delay or a resistance or an obstacle of some kind, right? That choice is yours without the context, right? And so, so in a very similar way, and this can happen with a lot of words, It's not just just hamper, right? Cold, right? You talk about, you know, knocking someone cold. You could talk about a cold drink. You could talk about a cold shoulder. You could talk about, you know, a cold $6,000, right? These are all different meanings of the word cold. I mean, sure, they're, they're more interrelated than the word hamper, but the English language is full of these things, right? And I was thinking about them all while I was on my, uh, heat is another one, right? You know, it, Give them the heat is a pitching term, right? Um, you know, heat could be to, to a cook. Give it some heat means put some spiciness into it, right? Again, they're just these common words that we could translate into many different contexts, right? And so, so without the context, it is up to you in terms of your felt experience to determine what that, mean, what that word means to you right? And, and that is the same thing when we're talking to each other, right? So when, when I say something that, that is so beautiful to you that you feel like you have to cry, right? That is the context within you, that is, is making you want to cry at whatever I said. And the emotion could be whatever, right? If I said something, that, you know, that, that you felt angry in response to, or you felt joyous, or you felt excited, or you felt, um, you know, afraid, whatever it is, right? That is the context within you that is making you feel that way, Right? And so it's a very, very personal and very, very individualized thing. And this is important when we're talking about our interpersonal relationships, right? Because in a certain way, right, if we if we really look at it this way, then we can say that words are just words, right? And whatever it is that my partner, my friend, my my you know, romantic interest, whatever it is that these this person says to me, right? It's just words, and I can assign to those words whatever context I want. Now, sure, there might be very clear intention, right? If somebody is telling me, "I'm leaving you because you refuse to make your bed" or something like that, well, then there's no difference in context to that, right? I'm talking about the more subtle things, right? I'm talking about the facial re- react, the facial um, uh, expressions right? I'm talking about the, uh, so for instance, the facial expressions, right? We are, as human beings, we are constantly looking at each other's facial expressions to, to determine whether it's safe to be with this person or not, right? But those can be misread, right? I mean, that's the thing. And so, so, so it's just very important to remember, right, it, it, that, that when, when somebody is saying something Right or somebody's look on their face seems to be something like oh my gosh like and, and now of course there's two two ways to use that facial um you know emotional recognition kind of thing right and and so one is with a complete stranger right like if I'm with somebody I've never met before and they got some kind of angry look on their their face then my nervous system is going to say whoa I'm I'm backing off of this person I don't know I don't feel safe about this person but if it's the face of your spouse who you've known for decades and they have this angry look on their face, well, now all of a sudden, wait a second, something's out of context. And now I have the ability to regulate that, right? I don't have to react to the the negative, the the angry thing, right? Instead, I can maybe realize, you know, with the thinking part of my brain, I can realize that, well, hold on a second. This is the person I've been married to for for 20 years now, and they're just, you know, so, so whatever this anger is that I'm feeling, it's something that's happening inside them, right? Like they're, you know, this anger that I'm perceiving on their face, you know, something's going on inside them. It has nothing to do with me, right? And even though I might be the object, right, of this, I did not cause the anger, and the anger is not for me to hold on to, right? And this this is where we come back to the idea that, that we experience the world in our own nervous system, right? There are times where, you know, my wife could say the same thing to me, right? I think I told you the story the other day. I was sitting out, out with a with one of my clients actually having a wonderful talk, and, and a Jeep passed by that was the exact color of the Jeep that I used to have this, this, you know, Hunter green color, I think they call it. And it's exact with the tan top and the whole thing. I was like, wow, that looks just like my old Jeep. Because I was having such a good time, right, with my clients, I, I was thinking, wow. You know, I remember, you know, driving out by the beach on my Jeep and how beautiful it used to be and I could go anywhere. And there were times where, you know, in the, in the Shea Stadium where the New York Mets play baseball, there's a, uh, they had every summer one night, they had Jeep Owner Appreciation Night. And so they, they set off a, 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 spe, a special area in the parking lot. They gave you a free t-shirt. I mean, these were awesome memories that I had about having this Jeep, Right. But on another day... right? Where if something's going not as well and I'm not feeling so happy and my nervous system is not in such a positive, excited place, well, then I might see the same Jeep if I'm having a hard time with something. I might see the same Jeep and think, oh my gosh, what horrible gas mileage that thing used to get. And, and I remember, you know, Friday afternoons trying to drive out to the beach from the city and all the traffic and I didn't have air conditioning and I felt like I was just roasting in that thing. I used to have to just take side roads just to get the air moving and it took me four hours to get somewhere that should have been a two-hour drive. These were horrible memories that I had. Nothing changed about the Jeep, right? Either the Jeep that I saw or the Jeep that I remembered. Nothing changed. No significant new information was given to me. It was just how my nervous system responded to it. So so if there's any takeaway to today's episode here, it is this, that that we have to realize that th- there is only one person in the whole world who we control, and that is us. And that's always the case, always going to be the case. And so, so part of it is releasing the idea that you can control others, right? And just work on yourself, right? So if you're If you're in a conflict with someone, right? I guess this is really the takeaway here, right? If you're in a conflict with someone, consider regulating yourself instead of thinking like, well, I need you to do this because that's the way we usually do it, right? We say, I need you to, you know, clean up more. I need you to talk nicer. I need you to do this or do that, right? That's what I need you to do so that I can be more happy. Well, that's BS. (laughs) right? What you need to do to be more happy is to just regulate your nervous system. What I need to do to be more happy is to regulate my nervous system. How do we regulate our nervous systems? I'm glad you asked. Through presence, through acceptance, through compassion, and through curiosity. Like how I brought that back? (laughs) That was pretty slick. Anyway, Hope you enjoyed this today. I hope, I know I talked about a lot here. So if you have any questions, you can email me art at artburnscoaching.com or you can book a call with me and that would be the most fun way to do this. Okay. In the description, there will be a link. You click, it says calendly.com artburnscoaching or something like that, right? Click on that. You drop into my calendar, right? You look at my calendar, my whole thing's there. Now Tuesday, Mondays and Tuesdays are blocked off because I don't work Mondays and Tuesdays most of the time. So you pick any Wednesday through Saturday, you click on the, the calendar day and, and a bunch of times will open up. And those are the available times for a 45-minute talk. You simply click one and then you enter like your your name, your email address, and that's it, really. I think I asked like where'd you hear about this or something like that? You know, whatever. You know, don't answer that one if you don't want to. I don't think it's it's required. And if it is required, just put a letter in there. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, just put Q or something. It doesn't matter, right? But, but if you follow those steps, you and I will have an appointment. And then, you know, then your work is done at that point. Then all you got to do is show up with all of your authenticity and whatever questions and whatever feelings you have, and whatever you want to work on. And that's your session. And I will take it from there. All right. So I hope I hear from some of you because I know I said a lot today and this is important stuff. So if there's anything that's not clear, please reach out. This is important. Okay. This is really key to the whole thing. All right. And tomorrow I'm, I'm pulling an audible. Uh, I've actually, uh, I've kind of changed what I'm going to do. Yeah. I've got a really important, uh, episode lined up for you tomorrow and I'm really excited for it as I'm excited for every day. So anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I wish you well. I'll be back again tomorrow. Take care everybody.